Hey guys, welcome back to Mountain Murders. I'm Heather and with me, as always, I say as always, you weren't with me the other day, but here's Dylan. Hey guys, how are you doing? You're alive and kicking, right? Yeah, I missed everybody on that last one, but I, I was really interested in hearing from your mom and her talking about country living. Yeah, well, you know, it was a little bit of a departure from what we normally do here at Mountain Murders, of course, but still in the realm of Appalachia. So I thought some people might be interested in hearing just a good old country woman talk about growing up country. <laughs> She's definitely country, but that's cool. Yeah. And I think I some think people so liked it. Yeah, I think so. We've had a lot of uh, downloads and listens on that episode. So I think it definitely um, was a good choice. So this week, we're going to shake things up just a little bit. But before we get started, we have some folks to thank, right? Yes, we do. Um, we have uh, Gary Ramsey, who upgraded his Patreon to our top tier. Thank you very much, Gary. Yeah, thanks so much. And I um, still need to get up with you and see you talk about some music and stuff. And uh, we have uh, a Christy Garrett. Thank you, Christy. Brand new patron signed up through Patreon. Yeah. And of course, you know, with our Patreon, you might be asking, well, like, what is Patreon? How does that work? Well, all of your money that we bill you, which is like once a month, and we have low levels. Um, it's not like you're paying a fortune, but that money goes to help support the podcast. You know, we have to pay for things like uh, hosting service, you know, equipment upgrades, that kind of stuff. So it just kind of helps keep the podcast alive. But, you know, of course, this is a labor of love. We do it because we like it, not because we're making uh, millions, despite what some people seem to think. <laughs> uh, no, we're not making hundreds even. But, you know, that's not the point. We enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, they definitely help us take some of the burden off of us to uh, keep us alive. Yeah. So we, um, of course, last week talked about the Corpsewood Manor murders. And before that, we discussed two serial killers. And we're back this week with a brand new episode. And as I mentioned, we're shaking things up a little bit. So normally, I'm like the the straight guy and Dylan's like the funny color man, right? Who says stupid stuff. Well, yeah, I was trying to be nice. But, yeah. you know, you're, you're the one that delivers like the color commentary. Yeah, I think they've noticed that you're the facts. Just the facts, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. Well, this week we're shaking things up in that we're going to put Dylan in the driver's seat. He is at the helm of this week's Mountain Murders episode. So, Dylan, can we just give them a little bit of information on our process, the research, the writing? Because it's kind of funny, and I feel like it really explains our personalities and our marriage a little bit. Right. Okay. So, I'm like very detail-oriented, organized, sit-down, focused whip up, you know, all the research, get the story going. And it takes Dylan like days and days and days. And then he's got like a paragraph worked out. Well, yeah. And, yeah. It's a good paragraph, though. So what I'm trying to say here is that you're a procrastinator Well, other, times a thousand. Well, yeah, other stuff gets in the way. Yeah. Like, you know, I see a butterfly go by and I'm like, ooh, a flutterby. He totally is. He's like, ooh, something shiny. But I think that's funny because it's it's super just how we are. I think I'm like a doer. I'm a get shit done kind of person. And you get shit done, but it just might take you like six months. Yeah, but, you know, I'm deliberate and, um, you know, you'll never, um, I don't make uh, rash moves and decisions. Right. yeah. So just like when I ask you, hey, baby, can you like hang these curtains for me? Or can you help me hang these pictures or something like that? You say, oh, of course, and eventually you will do it. It might just take a few months or a year, right? 
Right, but when I get started, I'm hell on wheels. Then you're you then you're on that. a roll and you're ready. Right. So it's kind of like that with the story. So this week I get to just sit here and listen, be told a great story, and maybe chime in a little bit. So I'm eager to get started with this. Okay, so we, we'll dive right in. Are you um, feeling confident? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm a, oh, I'm a little nervous. You Do know, because pep talk. No. Do you um, need a hug? No, I think uh, you you've, you've torn me down enough. So now I'm ready to go. Just kidding. Well, that's what I'm here for, baby, to build your self-esteem. No, I feel pretty good about this because uh, I've known of this case before. See, I know a little bit about this case because I kind of remember it, but it's been so long ago and I think I just wasn't following it as closely. So I don't know a lot about this case. So I'm kind of like with our listeners in discovering something new and interesting. Yes, so um, here we go. We'll just dive right in, and this will be a little unorthodox, but just bear with me. Okay. Um, so I'm going. We're going to call this the Saluda Hotel murder. Okay. Okay. And where's Saluda? So Saluda is a small little sleepy town on uh, the way out of Western North Carolina down into South Carolina, down 26. So off of I-26. Yes. So once you pass the Hendersonville area, you're heading. You literally down the mountain. There's a big drop in the altitude and grade there and uh so the, you can you pass the little town of saluda which in my mind i kind of picture it like nestled on the side of a mountain don't they have a coon hunting festival in saluda or uh, like a I'm, coon dog festival i'm not sure um but um that sounds like that could happen in saluda um you know oh it's coon dog day oh wow yeah. Know, okay. So they have Coon Dog Day in Saluda. I knew I wasn't crazy and that there was something relating to coon dogs. And maybe some of our listeners out there um, have some old coon dogs or maybe they even like to do some coon hunting. I'm sure. That's I'm something sure. I've actually done many times in my life. Is this what I do to you when you're laying out your story? Yeah. It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it totally oh, is. Oh, wow. Okay, you're... so Saluda... Tiny town. There's only what, like maybe 700 residents. There? Yeah, uh, around uh, it fluctuates around 700 residents. I think they get a lot of second homers up okay. from, you know, the Greenville, South Carolina, Spartanburg area. You know, escape to the mountain evenings. Oh yeah, kind of thing because uh, it changes uh, elevation changes a lot and within about 20 miles through that area. But um, yes, it's a very small community, very uh, close knit. Okay. And so, um, our story takes place in, uh, again, here we go, a quiet town called Saluda. It's a very small community of about 700 residents. And on one sunny morning, Jessica Freeman arrived at the Saluda Mountain Lodge to relieve her mother, Vanessa Mintz. Jessica entered the lobby around 9.15 a.m. She heard the TV playing very loudly from the bedroom and noticed the blinds were drawn and the lights were off. The sign on the office said closed. She put her things away and entered the bedroom of the living quarters. So I guess it's one of those deals where, you know, the uh, front desk people have their little area where they, I guess they man it 24-7, seems. Well, yeah, I think most hotels or... Have the little living quarters or whatever. Kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this is weird. I'm not sure I like this baby, but I'm gonna fight through for the for the listeners. They may hate it too. Okay, so Jessica put her things away and entered the living quarters and saw something on the wall and thought her mother had thrown up. Saw like a spray or on the bed and wall. Uh oh. 
She shook her mother's foot to wake her, but instantly knew something was wrong. Because I'm going to assume that it was cold. That's what made me think of when I was writing this. Yeah, I was thinking cold, maybe even starting to stiff. Yeah, up a maybe bit. even. Oh, yeah. So the Polk County Sheriff's Department. Did you say sheriff? Sh- sheriff? No, is go it, ahead. It's cute. Go it's ahead. It's the say sheriff. It it's the sheriff around here. You know it is. It is? You know it is. Well, I say sheriff. So you I say sheriff? Oh. Um, yeah. That's some uppity-ass shit right there. Some college education coming out. Yeah, the big, don't use your big city learned ways on me, okay? Okay, baby. Okay, this is horrible, and I, I should have read through this, like, out loud, because I wrote this, guys, if you can't notice. <laughs> okay, so um, the Polk County Sheriff's deputies were dispatched at 9.28 a.m. to investigate a gunshot wound and a possible robbery. Upon arriving, officers searched the employee living quarters. They found Vanessa laying in, lying in the bed covered in blood. Oh, no. And so Jessica is the daughter. Yes. So she comes in, finds her mother in the bed, then realizes pretty quickly her mother's been murdered. Yeah, that something's... T- At first she thought something was terribly wrong. Because there's just like blood-soaked sheets. Right, setting. her mother's not responding. And then she actually calls back a second time. Oh, how horrible. Because she was directed by her sister. You know how you would obviously call, you know, close family, like what's going on. And she was a, a registered nurse. Okay. And um, she said, check for vitals. See if her chest is rising, you know, that those types of things. So she made a second call back to 911 saying now she, because she discovered a wound to her head at that point upon further investigation. Oh my goodness. I can't even imagine as a child, a daughter, finding my mother in this condition. No, or even a friend, let alone your your, your mother. How horrible. Yeah. I mean, it, we talk about this stuff all the time, but sometimes it does help. That's a good point to just step back and think, my God, you know, this is so horrible. Yeah. It is. Um, so deputies arrived. They, you know, took control of the scene, searched it, and found Vanessa Mintz, um, Jessica's mother, lying in the bed covered in blood. One deputy also discovered a shotgun shell on the floor by the foot of the bed. Okay. The scene was secured, and the medical examiner, Dr. Cornmayer, love his name, pronounced Vanessa Mintz dead at the scene uh, at that time. Okay. So, yeah, they've, they've found her. They've, you know, she's dead. They obviously know it's murder. Brutal scene. Brutal scene. Just I mean, I could imagine. Back. So, it sounds like there's a spray, you know, blood spray. And so, they immediately are thinking there's a robbery motive. Yes, there's a... Um, they think that she's been maybe murdered over, you know, money or something. Which is yes. not uncommon. You hear a lot about motels. Right. Being, I mean, it's yeah, just a, you know, robbed. it's kind of a target. Kind of like a... And I'm not certain, but I think this one's not far off the interstate. You know, yeah, one of those deals where you happens. could pop off, yeah. pop back on. So, you know, kind of a vulnerable, you know, establishment of sorts. Gotcha. But, um, so yes, uh, while the deputies are taking control and, and looking into it, Vanessa's daughter, uh, Jessica, contacts Travis McGraw, her mother's husband at the time, and told him he should come to the hotel right away. Something very, very bad's wrong. You okay. know, she doesn't know what, but something bad's wrong. Something's happened. I bet our mics are going to pick that up. There's like a huge plane that just flew over. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. We get like 
just off subject, and I'm, I'm doing the Dylan where I'm just going to interrupt you. No, it's you. okay. But off subject, we get a lot of military flyovers. We do. I think they train over these mountains. Well, yeah. And specifically, right. like, we're in, like, the flight path of the training. Of a cargo plane, apparently. Because it seems like at least two times a week we get a huge plane fly. And they're low flying. Yeah. And it's loud as hell. What the hell kind of training is that where you fly 200 feet above everybody's head, and if you make one mistake, you crash and, like, kill everybody? I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to fly in in case they have to deliver supplies or for people to jump out of the planes or something. Hell, well, I don't know. I wasn't in the Air Force. Okay, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> this Is this really, this is what you deal with? Yeah. Okay, interesting. <laughs> so, um, so, mom was married. Yes. Um, okay. Jessica contacted Travis McGraw, her yes. mother's husband. Okay, I'm so going to assume Vanessa's her, husband. not her father. And told him he should come to the hotel. Something very bad is wrong. Okay. McGraw was at a restaurant with his two children. His not related to them. Previous children. Previous marriage or something? Yes. Okay. And their older children. And uh, he was at the Cracker Barrel. A southern favorite. And was basically like, I'll, you know, wrap this up and I'll try to get over there. Hell yeah, you can't beat that hash brown casserole at the Cracker Barrel. Yeah, you cannot. The breakfast bar or whatever. Or that, like, chocolate Coca-Cola cake. <laughs> yeah, I've tits. never had that. <laughs> well, you're missing out. Okay. Cracker Barrel is rich people food where I came Delicious. from. Okay. And um, so she found that a little bit strange, and uh, he. Well, found yeah. So his wife's been. Something's injured. wrong. Something is wrong. I mean, maybe she didn't go into specifics. She didn't want to freak him out, but you need to get over here. I mean, if somebody calls me, and and you're at work, and I get a phone call from someone, especially your daughter, saying. There's something wrong. You need to get over here. I'm going to drop everything. Right. And hopefully you would do the same. Well, especially if you're having freaking lunch with your kid, other yeah, kids. Yeah, like, hey, That's I'm, not a big I'm deal. I'm having the, the breakfast menu. Of, yeah, you you're know? going to take my Southern Classic dish back to the, you know, I'm out of here. Who I cares? I want you to box up this uh, here pinto beans with that chow chow on it and that cornbread <laughs> and put it in a little container. I'm I taking even, it to the house. I wouldn't even worry about paying. You know, I'm like literally running for my vehicle right? and screaming to, you know, where they're at. Well, exactly. Okay. So, yeah, and she also, um, he typically stayed there with her mother so she actually expected okay. to find travis and her mother there she was there to relieve her mother of her duties and take over so on the, the hotel. nights when mom worked right at the hotel when vanessa was working and she was on duty and stayed in this little what i'm gonna assume is like kind of a studio apartment yeah right that her husband would stay with her yeah I mean, natural that makes, that makes sense right you're kind of exposed to the public you know you never know who's going to blow through the door. Well, yeah, and I mean, a lot of married couples just wouldn't want to spend time away from each other. Right, and you, you want to, you know, bang her down, you know, when things are quiet. Oh. Okay. That's what you meant, right? No. No. But, uh, okay, so what okay. next? Okay, so, um, well, this is so tougher a, than we think. So this is horrible, and I think we maybe should start over, or we're going to fight through. We're going to Fight through the guy, are the guys just bear I with think me? Everybody is bearing with you and yeah. they're being patient. Yeah. And they want to give you the benefit of the doubt that and you can do this, that that I'm not the brains of the operation and that you're just the beautiful face of the operation. Right. They want they want to know that you are also capable of contributions and um, okay. and okay. extensive research. So this is my attempt to do more 
as you, uh, you guys might should know. And You um, can't just go through life being pretty, Dylan. I mean, well, yeah. maybe up until this point, no one's told you that, but I learned from a very young age that you can't just be pretty. You have to be able to offer something else, okay? And I know you've skated by all these years on your good looks. <laughs> I'm not pretty, But now is so. the time to step up to the plate. All right? Now let's keep going. Okay. So, so he's at the Cracker Barrel munching on a biscuit. Cracker's at the Cracker Barrel. Gets this phone call. And it's just sort of very like nonchalant about nonchalant it. about it. No, no urgency to him. So, okay. but at the same time, there's all this going on. She didn't really give it, you know, a lot of thought. Right. Okay. And the cops, you know, it's possible robbery. There's six hundred dollars or so missing from the till, and uh, things like that. But uh, just six hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, that's a well. I mean, I don't know if that's like a good haul, but it seems like I don't know a hotel might have more money than that. Maybe not. I don't well, know. just um. But the the cops. Okay, the cops quickly, in their cop way, started doubting the robbery angle. Okay. Because through some it, investigative, it felt work. staged. Um. The uh the living quarters was um other than her being shot in the face with a shotgun. And an injury to her arm, otherwise, you know, not torn apart, hadn't been searched, hadn't been ransacked like you had been ransacked. If somebody uh, was seriously looking for something, right? She had some uh, valuable, obviously valuable jewelry still on her person, and uh, there were other, you know, like laptops, easy things you could grab just left behind. Okay. So didn't at first, you know, just their their intuition, it you know, seemed like fake, stage, not real robbery. Gotcha. So, um, Travis finally shows up, Mr. McGraw, uh, and gives them consent and is very cooperative to search his truck. Well, they instantly, almost instantly, find a shotgun shell similar to the one found at the crime scene as far as color, brand, all that mess. Okay, well, just playing the devil's advocate. Now, this is a town where... They have a coon dog day, and so probably a lot of people hunt there. Right. We live in the South. A lot of gun ownership around. There's here. not a lot of places to get your shells from. That's true. So, so you got to probably the one store in at town. like an ammunition little gun store or like the local you know big right. box. Right. I mean, you can drive. Uh, right. Actually, from Saluda, you're going to have that one little local shop, and then have the option of driving up to Hendersonville or down to Greenville to actually you know get the bigger right. The corporate stuff. So, yeah, okay. the well, likelihood of you purchasing, you know, in that area, the same, sh everybody, everybody could have the same shells for that matter. Well, so, right. Okay. Not necessarily. So, not a huge red flag, but probably raised some eyebrows. Right. Let's just say, okay. So, and they also uh, search his home and recover, I believe it was four firearms, a couple of rifles, a couple of shotguns. And they secure that stuff for, you know, to look at later. Okay. As the investigation moves forward. Now, Mr. McGraw was uh, honorably discharged from the Air Force, a former EMT, a former firefighter, and had been a police officer in Fletcher, North Carolina, back up the road from Saluda. Okay. So this guy's been around, like, the kind of emergency services, done some military service, and been a cop, so, you know, he's been around that scene a lot, you know, a big chunk of his life, it seems. Yeah, and it seems like he almost has a, um, like, a dedication to service. 
which I find a lot of people who are military or come from a military background gravitate to those jobs, like once they're out in the civilian world, right. where they become a paramedic or maybe they work in the medical field or they're emergency personnel, police, deputies, that kind of stuff. Right. So it's almost like he kind of had a natural, you know, uh, draw to those types of services. It seems that way. It seems like he spent most of his uh, adult working life either, you know, in the armed services or, you know, in some kind of emergency services or a police officer. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Genre. And so the cops start taking a hard look at Travis because I guess just, you know, it's just not, it's a small town. It's just not sitting well with them. Uh, Maybe the way he reacted, you know, at first upon learning that, you know, something's happened to his wife, not rushing to the scene, you know, and they try to pick up on your vibes when they talk to you, you know, well, are you concerned? the thing with an investigation or, is not only are, you, are they looking for hard evidence, but cops are trained, especially detectives. Seasoned. Detectives. I yeah. mean, that's part of the program is to like hone in on body language, right. the psychology, right. how, you know, how are these people acting? Or if you show up and you say, what happened? Yeah, is your reaction. Okay? There's so many layers to, to it. Yes, and I think a lot of times is. with these stories or these, uh, you know, these people who happen to be involved right. with crimes, their, you know, their reaction right. is a big part of it. Like no. there may not be a ton of physical evidence, but just exactly. the way they react to a situation can tip off. Yeah, I mean, you show up to a scene like this and you're you're just standing there and they're asking you all the questions and you're not asking any questions. You know, what's happened? You know, is she okay? Is my wife? I mean, just like be a blub. I would be a blubbering mess. Oh, all these. You? Yeah, I would. I don't believe that. Oh, I'd be devastated, baby. You'd be like, um, is anybody got a cigarette? Um, can I, well, can if I, I didn't have any cigarettes, uh, I wouldn't need a cigarette. Let me but. try to remember what her PIN number is for her debit card. Yeah. No, I'm just like, has anybody seen her keys? Yeah, exactly. No. I would <laughs> I would be out of hell. I would. Now I can finally clear out her clothes and make closet space for myself. They would have to get the emergency services there for me. Oh. That's 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 my that's that's real shit right there. For oh, real. I love funny. you. I'm about to see you better stop it. Okay. Okay, if you get shot in the face, I'm going I'm to show up and I'm just going to be tore up, okay? Not me. I'm going to be calling and find out how much that life insurance policy is that you have. Yeah, so speaking of that, as the oh. couple of days drug along... Um, so the investigation's continuing. Yes, it's they continuing. They don't have a suspect yet, still investigating. Don't have a suspect. They're already kind of like starting to look at the, the cliche, the spouse. Mr. Uh, Travis McGraw. Yes, it's very uh, common. Actually, we, we want to talk further about how common it is, the likelihood if you get killed, it is by your spouse, man or woman. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah. And uh, let's see here. Ba-ba-ba. And this is horrible. And, yeah, so they actually, oh, okay, here we go. They, uh, one of the first things they do, after the initial scene and stuff, is they pull phone records of everyone involved. Uh, Vanessa's phone record, Vanessa Mintz's phone record, her, her fam- direct family, Travis's phone records. And what do they find in Mr. McGraw's text and call log records, but a lot of romantic texts. Oh, shit. A lot of romantic texts. Well, fuck. Overboard, but guess what? bombshell they're not to his wife 
No. Yes. Was this bitch on Tinder? What was he doing? I don't know. I think this is, with a, they're talking 2011. Um, so, um. He's yeah. probably sliding in somebody's DMs. He was all up on the damn Facebook or some shit. Okay. He was on her MySpace. Totally. So anyway. Yeah. So it turns out that Travis okay. is uh, an asshole and, uh. Which doesn't necessarily make you guilty, but, you know, you can't be an asshole without being guilty of murder. But it turns out he has been having a, um, at least emotionally, you know, uh, emotional relationship with a woman named Mary Beth Fisher. Well, I just have to say, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus type of thing. Yes. And for women, and I'm not saying all women, and I don't want to generalize our feelings, but... Most women I know find an emotional affair way worse than just a straight-up physical relationship. So you're saying you go and y'all just, you, you have the slip-up or however you want to look at it, and you have this one sexual encounter with a person is bad yeah, but and different, but to have a str- extended over months time of more of conversation and yeah. hey how are you doing you know i'm worried about you today thinking oh, of someone yeah. constantly well is and like worse. i said i don't want to generalize because you know there may be some of our listeners out there who are like that's not true but just in my personal experience because you know hey i'll admit i've dated some shitheads and um and even married a shithead once not you baby you're perfect oh thank um, you but and then my female friends and family members, you know, when we've talked about this kind of thing, right? most of them, I'm going to say the overwhelming majority say that an emotional affair is way more, um, like detrimental to the relationship because women, we, the thought of you being in love with another woman is like, would crush me. But the physical act of like, okay, maybe things haven't been great. He got drunk. He hooked up with some bitch at a bar, whatever. I might not. I'm not going to say that I wouldn't be mad as hell at you and that <clears throat> there probably wouldn't be like some stabbing involved, but um, not right. make, I'm not making any threats in a public no. setting. No, this, you're just making statements. Right yeah, now. I'm just I'm speaking and just... You're just you. telling me what's going to happen. <laughs> saying hypothetically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks for throwing that in there. But um, yeah, if I thought you were like behind my back talking to some woman every day and like caring for her and paying attention to her and concerned about her needs and her emotional state and maybe even throwing around those big words like right. love. Yeah. Right. Oh my God, that would break my heart. Yeah. And I don't think that's, you know, I think that could be true for men too. I mean, I, get, so? I totally get what you're saying. And uh, yeah, I think if you could get over one or the other, which is never good and it's never the same, obviously, if you go through any of that. But yeah, I think it would be way easier to get over the kind of, oops, I was drunk or I was mad or I thought this compared to this extended engagement, like you say, emotional engagement. Oh yeah. Because like it's just it's it's just over a, a long period of time. It, it means more. Well, and so for him to be investing this kind of time and energy into this emotional relationship with this other woman. Yes, with Mary Beth Fisher. That has to sort of show some indication that perhaps the marriage was in trouble. Because, you know, again, not to generalize too much, but I think most men are not really into that emotional stuff too much. Um, so for a guy to, like, go out of his way to kind of invest in that makes me think that, okay, so maybe their marriage was in trouble. 
Yeah, it could be. Or he's just a, you know, well, I don't know. Actually, that's a good point. I think I see what you're saying is it's more than I'm just a, I'm a, I'm an asshole who doesn't mind cheating on my wife, but I still want to keep my wife. It's more like he's laying the groundwork for yeah. a, a real relationship to to move over. Right. It's not like he's just trying to slide into this chick's pants. Right. Or he could have been, you know, blowing smoke up her ass, and that's just, you know, the well. There's that too. The way, which is a very interesting sexual move that not all should try. So he is um, a two-timer, double-timer. So yes. Okay. The police have discovered that he has been in contact with this Miss Fisher, and. Uh, when uh, she is uh, co- contacted and interviewed by police, she um, says, yeah, I know him, Travis. And she was uh, quickly says, I didn't know he was married, but he said he was. Now, this is now and this is nothing against Miss Fisher, Mary, because I mean, come on. But some people buy the bullshit. But she told, he told, Travis told Mary that he was still not married for one, never was married, but with his ex, but they live at separate properties and kind of playing it off more of like a boyfriend, girlfriend thing, but they still have business interests, interest that they can't just quickly separate. That he's not, he's single. He's basically saying, I'm single. So, or like, it's just a marriage of convenience. Yeah. Well, actually, she didn't know he was married. Or uh, a relationship like a... of convenience okay. because of these shared interests or whatever. Basically lying his ass off to her. She's naive. Yeah, and the way they met is uh, Mr. Travis had uh, started uh, dabbling in real estate, which his wife actually was a successful um, realtor. Um, and uh, he met her, Miss uh, Mary Beth Fisher, she had recently divorced and was looking for a new home for her and her son. Oh, great! So she gets rid of one douchebag, so and she then immediately she meets another. She's vulnerable, vulnerable, and here comes Mister McDouchstein, just swooping right in on her, right, hmm. and feeding her, and she's buying his bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but any time a dude says that he's separated, but is still living with this woman, or you the relationship is... You certain times a day. It, we're in the death throes of this relationship, but I'm yeah. single. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't buy the bullshit. I wouldn't buy that from some chick feeding me that yeah, shit. Yeah, I wouldn't buy that from anybody, but I'm also very naturally um, distrustful. Or you can't <laughs> contact me, you know, uh, but certain times, and I mean, come on. I mean, Okay, so she's on. naive... I guess I can't hold that against her too much, you know, but still. So her previous to the incident on uh, February 19th, their relationship had been unfolding for months. Okay. She says it was never sexual, ever, but it was very emotional. They were connected, and it was a lot of texting back and forth, talking on the phone types of things. Sounds like courting. (laughs) <laughs> he was courting her. Yeah, modern day courting. Okay. But um, she did say they had actually dropped the big word. That they um said, I love you too. So this is strange on both sides. Let's just say, you know, that. Because uh, maybe she's like the strange clinger. Maybe, you know, he, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's angling, you know, I'll play her game until 
Oh, I'll play your game, you Until I rogue. get some, or I don't know. There's just a lot invested in this for it to be, you know, it's just weird. It's well, a weird... there's a lot invested in that to be thrown around the L word. When yeah, you, and, but then to when drop When you've never that, even, like... That's weird. Ne- you've never even touched pee-pees. You've not been physical, because it is not the only thing in a relationship, but it's a very important part of a relationship. And what if you just don't like the way the other person does it? What if, you know, all these... Things that can be the what ifs of the sexual element to a relationship, and you've never done that, but then you're saying, you know, I love you, so that's weird. Anyway, so she told him finally um, that she did, she did actually find out about um, Vanessa, and that it was maybe a bit more of a relationship than she thought it was, and she finally told him because this isn't she's in Hendersonville and they're living in Saluda. It's not very far away. You well, know, no. And people if, talk. And especially if Vanessa had been a realtor. Right. I mean, she's probably known. Yes. Well, and uh, Vanessa Mintz was from a prominent family there in Saluda. Yeah. Wasn't her dad a doctor, I think? Yes, okay. I believe so. So, you know, they come there. You know, everybody knows who they are. Well, yeah. What they do. Kind of thing. Small town. And she tells Travis that by February 20th, she gives him an ultimatum. And now I will say, guys, there is a 48 hours on this case that is much... You mean like the TV show 48 yes. Hours? Okay. 48 Hours investigates on this case, and it is way better than what I'm giving you right now. And it was part of my source material for this. And it, it was called, called The Ultimatum. Ooh. She tells him by the 20th of February, which is a... A little while off when she lays it down for him. You got to tell me either you're going to be with me or you be with her. You know, either way, I'm moving on. Shit or get off the pot. Shit or get off the pot. I'm moving okay. on either with or without you, Travis. I've never seen your penis, but I love you. I'm a U2 fan. With or without you. Okay. Yes. Okay. So anyway, she tells him that. Lo and behold, the incident with his wife occurs on February 19th. No way! (laughs) Yes. So, uh, obviously, he... But still under the wire. Yeah. So, at least this guy can meet deadlines with ease, is what you're telling me. He's deadline-oriented. Well, that's good. I mean, you know... Oriented, but his means of, you know, accomplishing those deadlines may leave much to be desired. Okay. Okay, so, basically... Four days after the incident, Travis is arrested. Big shocker. Shocker. I know, guys. Uh, I know this is a very well-crafted story here. Is he too pretty for jail? No, he's not. Apparently he's perfect not. for jail. Okay. Yes, he is. He's a he's, he's a he's kind of a big duddy-looking dude. Yeah. With a big meat head, and the kind of I don't know kind of guy you might expect to see coming around. I don't know. I wouldn't buy a house from the fucking guy. I'm not going to tell well, you that. Well, I mean, the pictures I've seen, he kind of looks a little doughy. Yes. I mean, and to have been in law enforcement and the military, like, he's a doughboy. Right. And he's got the thinning hair. Yes. He's got a big old round, kind of dumb face. Yeah. I know. Like, I just want to hit it with a brick. Yeah. Yeah. And I just couldn't imagine him being smooth. The operator, could you? Yeah, I can't imagine that at all. Yeah, and he totally, like, beards out and stuff in jail, like, into this, like, full-blown, I-hop-trains, hobo look. 
a crust punk. Yeah. <laughs> so he yeah. could go hang out in downtown Asheville and he'd fit right in, is what you're telling me. Yes, him. maybe. So gotcha. four days after the incident, Travis is arrested. He and his double chin go to jail. Gotcha. And the cops feel like they have their guy. So now they're just basically building um, building the case against Travis. So as it puts along and you have uh, his family members are saying, oh, no, Travis could never do this. And her family members are devastated by the entire thing. Obviously, they've lost her, you know, their mother, their sister, you know, daughter or whatever, uh, in one way or the other. And so everyone's kind of devastated and picking sides. And uh, so Travis, along the way, is actually offered um, a plea deal. Of second degree murder. Okay. And uh, which is, you know, I always have a problem with this when you have uh, like a, you know, obvious, like, yeah, it's pretty obvious that person did it. But when you come into. Well, and even like premeditated this murder. Yes. I mean, basically, you know, uh, ambushed his wife when he knew she was vulnerable and killed her for own selfish reasons. But, um, you know, it comes into cost. These are very costly, especially for small communities. And their case, though they felt very strong about it, was basically circumstantial. There was no smoking gun. Gotcha. So, you know, I think sometimes they get worried about uh, getting in front of the jury because you never know which way the jury's going to break on these things. So they'll offer up these, uh, you know, low, lesser pleas or whatever just to get the conviction and make sure, you know, they at least pay somehow. Well, this genius agrees to it. Okay. But uh, Probably to the, the smart thing to do. Yeah, he's like, okay, I got, I'm saying, thinking his lawyer's probably like, yeah, you probably should take this over first, you know, premeditated uh, first degree murder. And uh, he ta- he agrees to it up to the point where it's brought in front of the judge to kind of wrap it up, make it official. Okay. And he stands up and says, no, I don't agree to the deal. He pushes back from the table and says, no more jello for me, mom. No, he's like, no. 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 Kind of like how I throw a tantrum and I'm like, no. Yes. Okay. And uh, to everyone's surprise, including his own counsel and the judge, everybody, journalists, everyone's surprised. And he wants the full jury trial. And just like, whatevs. I'm not sure what he's thinking at this point. He sounds like a narcissist. Yeah, he sounds like a real genius, too. So now here, okay, let's just take a moment. So this guy's been in emergency services served in the Air Force, been an actual full-blown police officer and a firefighter. I mean, he's always been around and heard stories about investigations, crimes, done it himself. He's not done a very good job of pulling off this murder that must have sounded really good in his head. Well, he's like a dumb criminal, basically. So he, I think he is just a big buffoon, like you were kind of describing the way he looks. Yeah, he looks pretty dumb. So they end up, he tries to get out on bail because he's the, a genius like that. So he's been held under a $750,000 bond. And his uh, lawyer argues that he had needs spinal surgery so he can get out and take care of that. And he needs to uh, fin- uh, accrue funds for his defense so he can have a fair trial. And they try to get the bell busted down to uh, 300000 The judge says, no, hell no on that. And eventually he is um, bonded out in 2012 um, by family members, I'm sure putting up 
you know, all their property, that type of shit. And when the trial starts, of course, it takes forever, as it often often does in the court procedures. One of the witnesses, this is interesting, one of the witnesses against him, one of the state's witnesses, is uh, his commanding officer, or his uh, recent commanding officer in the Air Force, who said less than 24 hours after um, the death of his wife, he is contacting about life insurance through the wow. military, spousal life insurance. So that's always a good sign when you're trying to collect before they're ever, even in the ground. And so that, that was one of the state's witnesses. And his lovely, super sexy text buddy, Mary Beth Fisher, has turned state's witness. Wow. And totally just lays it all out there from her perspective about all that's happened, including, wait for it, the ultimatum. Well, one thing of that the I was actually just reading here is that uh, regarding the text messages is that, you know, you mentioned there was like $600 missing from the till in the hotel. Right. And they, the police had omitted that information when they were talking to Travis. Yes. But he had sent a text message to Mary Beth just soon after being notified of his wife's murder. Um, telling her about the murder, but also mentioning missing money. And they hadn't told him about it. So really? he knew. He's a genius. Yeah, so he knew that. And so that when they seized those text messages, they were able to see where he had mentioned this, though investigators purposely didn't tell him about it. And she kept, uh, Miss Fisher kept texting him after the death of his wife. So he may or may not have killed his wife, and this woman is still trying to talk about a Lonely Hearts Club. So here's Jeez. the thing, and he hasn't even pegged it. So well, I don't, I don't allegedly. get what the allegedly, yeah, there must have been something, a little Congolese or something. I can never say that word right, but anyway, a little leaky leaky, something's happened. But yes, so she even stated that she asked him. Or, you know, so, okay, you tell this guy. I mean, let's just look at this from just a, I mean, a, damn, back up for a second. You tell this guy, by the 20th, it's either me or your woman, wife, girlfriend, whatever. And she is, wow, shot in the face and robbed and murdered on the 19th. I mean, do you even text someone and say, did you do that? That's a weird coincidence that I'm not willing to just be like, wow, what strange happenstance. It could happen. And now if they, let's say that did happen, because I mean, that could happen any day, but that is a very wild Well, all I'm thinking is this dude might shoot me in the face. Right. And I ain't about to be no Mary Joe Bonifuco. Or hot on the trail of some maniac, drug addled, you know, person who did do it. And they're like, oh yeah, we, we, we got this guy then that's one thing to keep on talking to this guy. But when they basically, within, it seems, hours of the, you know, investigating the scene are already on Travis, like, yeah, we think he did it. You know, yeah. and four days later, he's arrested. At that, what point are you like, I'm going to back off here? So you know? she was still talking to him even when he's arrested? Yes. Gosh. She, yes, she did. And if I'm, I'm not... I hate to speak ill of um, other women, because I believe in empowering my sisters. But if I was... A, I would empower her by smacking the shit out of her and being like, what the fuck are you thinking? 
someone should. This is just stupid. Why yeah. are you so stupid? Why is she so stupid? Okay. She's not like a troglodyte. It's not like she looks like she crawled out of a cave. She's no, okay looking. that's just some like but none of that means anything. Low self esteem bullshit. Right I think there. so. I think so. Wow. Okay. So then so, what happened? Okay. So yeah, at this at the um at the trial, you have uh, his. Um, commanding officers in the military say, oh, yeah, he's, you know, trying to collect insurance before, you know, 24 hours after her death. You have Miss uh, Fisher, Miss Mary Fisher, the confident one, um, talking all about the text and what he said and how she gave him this ultimatum of the 20th and the crime and murder happened on the 19th. So it's not looking good. Right. Maybe that second degree murder, please, looking better and better for Mr. Genius. Travis McGraw, and eventually he is uh, found guilty, and he is, but why, as soon as that happens, he's found guilty and given the, the most severe penalty that can be given for that charge there in that county, he, Vanessa's father, Carl Mintz, in civil superior court, sues him for pain and suffering, funeral costs, and Vanessa's expected net income of her life. So like a wrongful death suit type Yes, thing? like okay. pain and suffering type of thing. I always like that when that happens because, you know, a lot of times you cannot receive uh, punitive damages and things like that from a criminal right. conviction or trial. So you have to go into the civil court to pursue that. And so, you know, I like that because if you win that, then, you know, maybe if this asshole even tries to make money off of selling book rights or anything like that, you can you can siphon like they did O.J. Yeah, famously. yeah, I was just actually, that was what popped in my head was yeah. Oh, yeah. Ron Goldman's family. Oh, yeah, and that's one of the reasons, you know, O.J. ended up in that next set of trouble when the, the they finally got him and they gleefully, you know, sentenced him. Was he was trying to off the books, you know, recover some memorabilia, and so nobody knew about it, and uh, so he could hide the money basically from the Goldman family because they had won that. So yeah, um, Mr. McGraw is still in jail, life in prison, and he's life in prison, and he's still a cocksucker, and <laughs> I'm 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 assuming, and he's a fucking idiot, and uh, he's an asshole. Because why are you going? Won't you just leave? Yeah, that's what I don't understand about leave? these kind of cases. Like, why didn't he just divorce her? They didn't have any children. He already got together. this other girl on the side. They well, have their well, own separate kids. Well, he couldn't even say he didn't want to break up the family or something because they don't have kids together. Right. Her, her kids are grown. She he has, he has previous. Older they're children. older. They're not. You know, they don't so have kids. They together. don't have children in common. She is from a family, a well-to-do family. So she obviously is successful in her own right. She has her, right. Running this in. She has her own thing going. I mean, it's a little different when you, even, you know, if she's like tied to you, needs. Well, I was going to say, it ain't like they too poor to break up. Right. Yeah. It seems like she would have been better off Like she would with the breakup than him. If he'd have just come and said, look, this is how I feel. And uh, there was one alleged story that, which Mary uh, Mary Beth Fisher denies that uh, Vanessa did eventually discover who she was oh, okay. and go to her and literally um, just beg her to leave her husband alone that she didn't want her, you know, stay. Don't take mar- my man. Yeah, yeah, Jolene. one of those things. Okay. Uh, Mary uh, said that never happened, but other people, you know, in um, 
Vanessa's family said did happen. Well, you know, so, if you're the other woman, you're not going to want to be involved in a murder murder case, be a witness, and then admit that like you didn't honor the wishes of this deceased person who's been murdered by your potential boyfriend because you wouldn't say no to seeing him. I mean, right. I don't know. And at the same time, you give him this uh, timeline and you know of the twentieth, and she's killed on the nineteenth. So I mean, you, I could see you. I don't know. Who knows what's really coming from her side? And again, there's nothing against her. She got caught up with a dumbass guy too. But I mean, come on. She, she kind of no kind of common sense. She believed his bullshit. Let's be honest. Yeah. So, so this is the Saluda Motel murder. So yeah, this is guys. I don't. We're not going to so do this again. We're so not? this no. <laughs> this is going to be the only. I think I need to get back into my booth. As the color guy, and so I can sit there and think up my incredible um, things that I say while you're reading a story that so you wrote. You're just like the Simon Cowell of this podcast. I think. Okay. Maybe. Great. Well, actually, Simon Cowell did have a lot to, you know, a lot of influence in the music. I think I'm actually, I'm the, uh, <laughs> I don't okay. know what I am to you. Oh, I know what you are to me, but we won't say that with all these nice Christian folk listening in. Well, that was another episode of Mountain Murders. And, of course, you can find us wherever you find your podcasts. Spreaker.com, Apple, Spotify, CastBox, iHeartMedia, iHeartPodcasts. We're on Facebook, Mountain Murders. We're on Twitter, Mountain Murders. And, of course, you can find us on Patreon. And if you haven't signed up, joined our Patreon account. We would definitely appreciate you becoming a member on Patreon, supporting uh, the podcast, you can sign up for just a couple of bucks a month. Help keep the podcast going. Yes, and that really helps, guys. And uh, I will say that we have a lot of fun, a lot, a lot of fun on our uh, Mount Murders Facebook page. And so you pop in there and see some cool stuff and get some laughs. Some I, funny memes. I got to say that some um, of our friends, and I'm not just going to be like, you know, loose, our, our friends that we've met along the way, you guys are hilarious. They really are. You're hilarious, great uh, sense of humors, and uh, we just love it. We really have a lot of fun Their interacting. Their participation and oh, interacting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, so uh, yeah, pop by there. We have a lot of fun there. Give us a like. and um, Thanks for listening, as always. Thanks for listening.